I just wanted to welcome you to my podcast. You are listening to Life with Maka, where I talk about chronic illness, mental illness, faith, and everything in between. Everything and anything. So welcome if you're listening. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. I am with Erica today. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hi, I am good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you for sharing a bit of your story. I mean, over Instagram and as we've just chatted for almost 40 minutes before here. And I think like you said uh, before uh, we started recording that we have a lot in common. So I'm really keen to talk Mm -hmm. to you today. I know. Let's dive in. Have a lovely chat. So introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what chronic illnesses you have, a couple of facts about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Erica. Um, you'll see on my like Instagram or uh, website, I use my full name, Erica Joy Smith, um, in part because I'm a former teacher and I feel like I really resonated with my last name, Mrs. Smith. Everybody calls you that. Everything's labeled that. And then I stopped teaching, which I'll talk about. But then now I'm like, wait, I have that first name that I go by. Anyway. That's just a random note. Um, I have endometriosis. I have, I'm currently um, getting evaluated for fibromyalgia. I'm pretty sure I have it, um, but unconfirmed so far. And then the big one for me is I have chronic pain in my left ankle stemming from years of injuries, surgeries, physical therapy, recovery, and um, it's about as good as as it's going to get. Um, I'll give you some fun facts because I feel like, you know, that's just kind of exciting. Um, my go-to fun fact was always that I've never thrown up before, but the reason why I have to put it in past tense is because I got the flu and a stomach bug and I had my very first really sick and throwing up experience, which was not pleasant, especially because one of the first things I thought of was like, wait, but my fun fact is that I've never thrown up before. So, you know, um, that's crossed off the list. You know, I guess that's one for the bucket list. Um, and everybody always says, wait, but you've never thrown up. Have you gotten sick or food poisoning? To which I always say, yes, absolutely. Coming out the other end. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Um, yeah, another fun fact. I love this time of year. The holidays are so fun. I feel like it is equal parts joy and excitement and anticipation and also equal parts like an awareness of the energy that that takes for me and the emotions that go alongside what I'm committing to or not, but I'm super happy that they're coming up. And then I'm also in the process of getting my children's book published. I'll speak more about that, but hopefully by the time this is out, it is out, and I'd love to have you join join me in the journey. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that about yourself, and I mm-hmm. actually am honestly in disbelief that you had, past tense, never thrown up until <laughs> an adult, but I feel like maybe as an adult, it would be maybe even harder to deal with, because if, if you throw up as a child and, like, you grow up occasionally being sick like you just know what to expect but yes okay see we could probably chat for like we could have a lively debate back and (laughs) forth about this like this is why I bring it up as a fun fact because it's like a conversation starter like you'll be thinking about this at some point with a random you know icebreaker and you'll be like I chatted with that one girl Erica she said she never threw up and people are like what 
So basically I felt like there was all this pressure of like, when is it, what's going to happen for me? Like, this is going to be bad. I'm going to be sick all the time. So the fact that like literally days ago was my first time and now I'm like, okay, well that ship has sailed. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you learn something new every day. Does that count? <laughs> so I guess this is the first time that you haven't been able to share your fun fact. As a I fun know. Fact. I know. It's fun fact. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um I find it very interesting and um it's a bit sad that now you can't share it as a present tense moment. I know. I know. I used to always use it for like two truths and a lie icebreakers too. Because I yeah. put that in there and people were like, there's no way. Like that's gotta <laughs> be your lie. I'm like, ah, <laughs> got you again. <laughs> So I'm going to have to think of another one. Stay tuned. <laughs> you just say I've only thrown up once in my lifetime. Yes, I know. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. When did it happen? It's not that exciting of a story. Anyway. That's true. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, tell us about your chronic pain story. Yeah. Um, do we have three hours? <laughs> just kidding. Um, my chronic pain story. So I originally had sprained my ankle back in the day. I mean, it's been probably what, close to 10 years at this point. And a lot of people, when they talk about an ankle sprain, they talk about like, yeah, you know, you just get back up and you keep going and you play your game or it's no problem. You know, you ice and moving on. Mine was never like that. And I was like, gosh, I feel like I'm like this, like I'm losing my mind about like, I, I feel like I can handle pain, but everybody else is saying ankle sprains are no big deal. Flash forward, I'm like a distance runner at this point. I'm running, you know, 20 plus miles a week. I'm like training for half marathons. I'm like definitely putting a lot of weight on my ankle and it's doing fine. It's definitely not great, but it's fine. And then years later, it's my first year of elementary classroom teaching. It's a lovely Friday afternoon. I trip off the curb outside at bus duty, which we had to like basically rotate to get all the kiddos on the bus safely trip off the curb now thankfully the buses were like leaving all is well it was just me it wasn't this big incident but because I had already hurt my ankle before that I knew okay well I for sure sprained it I think it's worse than that long story short I broke my foot and sprained my ankle it was so bad that the uh, doctor at urgent care was like well you know, we're going to have to treat it as though it's a sprain because we can't fix anything of the broken bone because of da 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 Again, sparing you all the details. Essentially, I went through multiple rounds of like wearing the walking boot, seeing if it'll recover, staying off of it, then do physical therapy, then do more physical therapy, more appointments, then surgery, surgery recovery, physical therapy, then another surgery, surgery recovery, physical therapy, all while being a classroom elementary teacher, which looking back, I'm like, how did I think I could take care of myself physically while taking care of kiddos? But also in the moment, I had no idea what else to do because that was my like income. That was how I paid my bills. That was my livelihood, right? Um, so basically what happened is after several years of treatments and trying to do what we could to heal basically what we thought was broken, I heard from several different doctors, got multiple opinions that basically it's, it's as good as it's going to get. 
and unlimited physical therapy is not going to solve anything. And so at this point, we recommend that you sort of move forward accordingly. At the time, it was equally relieving to hear that as it was crushing. I would say relieving because I was going to physical therapy three, four times a week thinking, today's the day. It's going to feel better. I did my exercises. They're going to solve my pain. That didn't happen. And yet I continuously keep going and keep trying. So in some ways it was relieving to hear, you know, it's as good as it's going to get. And then also very crushing. I was 23 at the time, 24. No, 25. It doesn't matter. In my earlier 20s, basically hearing, yep, your ankle is shot for life and there's nothing we can do about it. Wow. And like, I mean, as you were telling that story, even like, obviously you said like you injured your ankle and sprained it, but then it wasn't Mm -hmm. until the incident where you fell and broke it that um, it really started to become a problem and you needed all the surgery and all the therapy and stuff. And I was just thinking, um, like, it's like anything, I guess, with chronic illness is that you don't know when it's going to strike you. And I don't say that to like scare people that are listening, but I think a lot of people think that they're invincible. Like they don't think that yeah. one incident is going to change the trajectory of their life and what they can and can't do or like limit them. Um, that's yeah. not something that crosses people's minds, but mm-hmm. it's like so true that, you know, had you not fallen that day, things might've been different, but like you just yeah. never know and you never know what one thing could happen that could yeah completely change your life and leave you with chronic pain or chronic illness and for me that was getting sick with a couple of viruses within a couple of years Mm -hmm. a couple of months of each other a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. that changed my life and but yeah healthy people tend to think that they're invincible and Mm -hmm. that they get a cold they recover they break their ankle they recover like right and I mean not that you should be thinking worst case scenario and being like, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm going to have chronic pain or chronic illness for the rest of my life because of this event. But like, right. it can happen to anyone. And yeah, like, that's just, yeah, a bit, yeah, it's hard to explain when like you have healthy people, like they just don't quite understand it. Yeah. And, you know, I I feel like I get that because I'm thinking about me pre-pain. I'm like, can I say that I was an advocate for the disability community? No. Can I say that I was aware of and empathetic to chronic illnesses? No. And can I say that I was understanding when I saw somebody, you know, parking their car with the disability sticker and like getting out and me thinking, huh, yeah, like, I'm like, I, I can look back and be like, even with the best of intentions and, you know, wanting to be a thoughtful human, I didn't have this awareness and understanding of the things that are invisible that you don't see, that you don't understand, which I think is also part of my drive to, so I'll just kind of share a bit about my book. So the children's book is called Adeline Plays Many Ways. And in the story, she goes through her day 
but she's also so excited to hang out with her uncle E. And he is the one that has chronic pain. So his name is Everett, which spoiler alert, I have not revealed his name to anybody. So if you're listening, get the inside scoop. <laughs> not that it really matters, but um, so basically Adeline navigates her day being so excited to spend time with her uncle Everett. Everett, meanwhile, is so happy to hang out with his niece, Adeline, but also battles chronic pain. And so he's going through his own internal dialogue and narrative as he goes through the ups and downs of chronic pain. And also Adeline learns what that's like. So it really is a story inviting readers into what it's like. My big thing is I say navigating the ups and downs because it's not linear. It's not like it's like you know, checklist, you go through constant ups and downs of ebbs and flows. And the people in your life, the people closest to you also go through that alongside you, because this is sort of a community journey. There's like this, this thing where anybody can, I read this thing on LinkedIn that said, anybody can be a part of the disability club at any time, temporary injury, or even just a, a working mom, a parent, you know, anything, anybody could be part of the disability community. And yet we're so afraid of typically that word and like that experience and naming it. But part of my posture with this book is just like, wait, I didn't have a story out there that represented myself. And I would like to read a story to my nephews and to my niece that captures some of my experience. But I can't find one out there. So let's write it. And in the meantime, let's invite others to understand or maybe like maybe reevaluate what they think of when they hear the word disability. Yeah. And especially um, in a friendly kid friendly way that is inviting. And even I guess the illustrations of the book will also tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's sweet. I am. Um... So just for context, this is my very first children's book. I I knew nothing about the process. Like, sure, I'm an elementary teacher at heart, but like, I didn't know anything about how to write a children's book. So this has been a huge learning curve. And one of the things that I've been so grateful for is I have a lovely editor and she was like, wait, no, let's make the character come to life in this way. And here's what I'm thinking. And, and then I also could take that feedback or say, no, and here's what I think about Adeline. And here's, here's what's important to me about Everett. And I took all those notes and I gave them graciously. Thank you to my illustrator, Carolee, for like seeing all my notes and be like, got it. We had this chat about like, what are the characters feeling? And I'm feeling like, you know, their personality might be more like this, where it really was like this communal experience of understanding what it's like and letting the story come to life. But it was only because I've lived that. So I feel like I was sort of speaking from my own. No, I want it to feel tense in this moment because he wishes he could play or I want it to feel sad because I've also felt sad or yada yada so I'm excited I'm excited about it I'm excited for increased representation and I think it's important to have books out there that are stories you know it's not just hey this is Erica Erica has chronic pain chronic pain means you hurt for more than x amount of time right like it's not just an, a how-to book or an informative book but it's a story that invites people into understanding and hopefully some increased empathy and disability awareness in the meantime I love that and I cannot wait to see your book so I will yeah. be keeping an eye out on your Instagram page for when you do release it thank and, you um yeah I think like you said such a great tool to have and to represent the chronic illness and all chronic pain community uh, with a story that even is told in as a more like children's book 
told in a more simplistic way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you. We didn't really talk about this beforehand, but you kind of mentioned um, in our messages together about accepting disability and what that looked like. So could you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And this has been huge. I'll start by saying if we would have chatted six months ago, like I don't know that I would have been saying, yeah, let's talk about the word disability. Let's talk about disabled community. Let's talk about me and what that looks like. So I just want to preface by saying like, it has been a rocky road for me in terms of accepting, oh dear, I have chronic pain for life. What does that look like with my relationship with my husband? What does that look like long-term planning? How do I navigate my day? Wow, I have constant limitations. Oh my gosh, carrying this milk jug hurts again. Okay, so I'm going to stop carrying the milk jug. Like, I guess I just want to kind of start there to preface. I had to really go through it and grieve and grieve the loss and be angry and be annoyed and like really evaluate my limitations and then also look at like, okay, I'm limited with these different things, but where can I still like for lack of better words, contribute. And I don't mean that in like a, we have to contribute in our society. And if you're not working, you're not contributing. But I was very much a workaholic type A go-getter, like I said, distance runner. So like I had to go through my own journey of relearning who I am. And along the way of, get, of working on this book and the story, I mean, it all came together so quickly. The story part just flew right out of me in terms of my writing because I realized, oh, I mean, this is my lived experience, but I wasn't accepting, oh, I'm disabled. Oh, I have this disability. Oh, maybe I qualify for a disabled parking pass. Maybe I should look into that. I didn't start doing that work until this summer. So, I mean, it's, it's a relatively new thing. And I would say the more that I do this work, the more I sort of feel the tension of what that is like for people that knew me before. So they know one Erica and now it's sort of a different Erica. And I would say, I love this new person that I'm becoming. I'm learning more about myself and my needs and limitations and care and empathy for others and what that looks like. And it's really sad for people like family and friends that knew me before to be like, wait, you're saying you're disabled, like you're accepting this. You, you mean you you have your me scooter and you have a cane and you have a wheelchair and you use braces all the time. And I'm like, yes, like I feel so much freedom with finally accepting that for myself and my own journey. And it's really hard for others to like be in that with me because it's messy. And it anyway, I think you kind of touched on like, how did you how did you come to this disability term and how did you how did you own that honestly it just evolved over time with sort of naming this is who I am and this is what I go through and that's okay and let's let's kind of work, do some things differently because of it yeah and I think I mean a huge part of chronic illness chronic pain disability is the acceptance part because a lot of us and I mean mm -hmm. like I mean you mentioned that chronic illness chronic pain disability isn't linear um but like neither is the grief that comes with that. And I think I've talked about mm -hmm. this in a previous episode. Um, you'll probably know because you've listened to them. But um, <laughs> I think I talked about how, um, sorry, I've gone blank. Um, yeah, like. Oh, you're okay. Um, 
when you are sick, like, or like people don't turn to, people tend to associate grief with like the loss of something, like Mm-hmm. a loved one, not generally the loss of health. Like when Yeah. I see some, like a friend go through, not that I've seen that personally because I thankfully have healthy friends, but like, you know, when I, like if you see somebody go through a health battle, like you don't think that they're grieving. Like that's not something that Right. you like, initially crosses your mind. And like the grief isn't linear either. It's not something that you just go straight through and then you come to acceptance and then that's it. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're good <laughs> yeah a huge part of it is acceptance, but also you can get to acceptance and then grieve all over again and then look at a new yeah form of acceptance. Like, and I yeah think that is such an important part of chronic illness is accepting but then also being open to grieve for new limitations that might come up from that yeah except or yeah absolutely um, things I feel like that. like Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the word acceptance because I finally had to get to the point where I like had a little a little real chat with myself. I was like, listen, Erica, you're either going to like teach and fully teach in a wheelchair to protect your ankle or you're going to find a work from home job. And I would say I was sort of on the fence with both. Like I knew I wasn't good. I, I don't know of a classroom that is like wheelchair equipped and accessible and like has all the storage a teacher would need. So that's a whole nother conversation, but it took me a while to accept, huh? I think I need a work from home job. What do I do in education? How do I own that? What does that look like? And then I'll also just say, I have that. And I'm so grateful. I work just for context. I work for a one-on-one -on -one school. So um, all of our classes have one teacher and one student. It's K-12. So, and I work as the curriculum specialist and academic dean. So I support our students, families, and teachers. It's incredible. Like truly, I'm so thankful. And I also want to name, I have moments of like immense sadness and sorrow that like, wait, I don't get to be in the classroom with kiddos and like do the day and the experience and the communal like first day of school and last day of school and we made it together and the light bulb moments. I mean, I have this like memory box for some of my teaching things. And every time I see it, like I just start sobbing. But I'm not that like much of a crier, but there's something about seeing like, oh, these were my labels from my like book bins and look at them now. And that's even just an example of like, the grieving that goes alongside chronic pain, even though it's about a different aspect of our life, like that's about my career change, right? And my needs. And I'm so glad I made that choice and I'm still going to be grieving it for a while. Yeah, and I mean, I love that you have a working from home job because, I mean, I think they're a bit more common now post, um, like, or not post-COVID, but just because of COVID. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I think, like you said, coming to accept the fact that you, like, would be... benefiting your health by having a working from home job uh, which I think is perfect because I mean there's days where I think I would benefit more from being able to work from the comfort of my home and not be showing up in the classroom because you know how exhausting it is like standing up in front of 30 kids and putting on a performance and like Mm -hmm. totally like you said an act and like Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I was telling you beforehand that there was a moment on Friday, I think it was, no, Thursday that um, I was teaching, teaching, teaching. And then so, like I was thinking as Miss Hunt and then suddenly um, I just like had this moment where I was like, wait, I'm just on autopilot. Like I am being who these kids need me to be and not mm-hmm. even being myself just to get through because there's so much happening around me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's the, there's this approach of like, wait, I'm going to navigate the day with them. And that's a lot of energy, physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy. That's why I kind of joked, like I use my full name, but also like Erica to me, I'm like, I, it's now been two, two years since I've been in the classroom and I'm still like, wait, people don't call me Miss Smith. Like, wait, this is strange. Like there's, there's identity wrapped into that. And it definitely takes some some flexibility and sort of like reworking and also like I had friends and family that were sort of like Erica what are you doing like I don't think you can teach anymore like this is like years of unpacking my sort of like trauma with what that looked like and what I needed and also I was convinced that a work from home job and education did not exist let me tell you for anybody listening they do exist if you want any help I'm not an expert I'm happy to support Yes, I'm in the U.S., so maybe I can only offer a couple ideas there, but I'm happy to, to just even provide some empathy because teaching is hard, pain is hard, doing life is just, the ups and downs are real, so take care of yourself along the way. Honestly, listening to you talk about the working from home job has made me think maybe I should start looking and even just doing like yes, three Kayla? days a week working yes. from home. And I like that, like, you have a one-on-one, like, one teacher, one student, because mm-hmm. when you're one teacher to 30 students, that's a lot. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. And yes, I first and foremost, I celebrate you. I feel like if you're at the point where you're even thinking, huh, maybe I should, that's probably an like indicator that you definitely should. I'm saying that with a smile on my face because I didn't take my own advice for a long time. And there's a lot wrapped into like making a career change because it's your bills, like it's your money. Like I'm like, wait, there's a lot involved in that. So yes, definitely look into some options. I also kind of had to get to the point with my own journey of, of realizing, wait, what is my like minimum salary range in terms of like paying bills, life? What can I get through? And also what am I willing to give up? and compromise on so it wasn't just that I needed this like steady job it was like no I need to feel secure at work and I need to like my job and I need to like be involved in education that was more important to me than a different salary where I was just quote unquote on the computer but I again I say all that I probably sound like a know-it-all I went through it I I had plenty of tears and angry moments of like how am I going to do this how how do I, I would cry most mornings trying to get ready for school because it hurt in the morning, standing on my feet, just getting ready. And then I was about to go do the whole day on my feet with the kiddos. So if you're in, if you're in that space, if you're just trying to figure out how to take care of yourself with work, I see you. And it's, it's, a, it's a lie. It's a big one. I know we kind of chatted with Kayla beforehand about how you're, you're not quite sure what that looks like for you. And it, it, it's tough. You know, it's, it's a, lot to, a lot to take on. Yeah, it is. And I think, 
yeah, like obviously it's a huge decision, but I like what you said about what can I give up, what can I compromise, what could I do to and like I mean, my thing too is, for example, right now I I did housemate life for five years while I was at uni and mm-hmm. my first year out of uni I was like which this year I was like not that time of my life is over with um and so I've decided to live by myself which is expensive very yeah. very, very expensive to live by yourself when you're paying the rent for the entire place um totally but every time I say that I'm just like okay well if I was to rent with somebody I would be compromising on my mental, physical, and emotional health because they yep. deteriorated when I was living with other people. So I'm doing this for me mm-hmm. and that's just what's got to work mm-hmm. at this point in time. Even if I'm not saving heaps of money at the moment, I'm still yep. benefiting more physically, emotionally, and mentally more yep. than what I would be if I was surrounded by people all the time. Well, and it like that, that outweighs any dollar sign. Like I'm like, it, it, that doesn't like, if you're taking care of what you need first and foremost, like that alone is a huge priority. I also think that's a shift with our generation and then some older ones. I was like, wait, what do you mean you take care of yourself and you don't just save for retirement? I'm like, wait, cause like, I want to enjoy my life now too. That doesn't mean I'm reckless or that, or that doesn't mean that you're reckless for, for choosing to live by yourself, but you're saying, okay, you know what? Here's what I need based on my former experience. I need to live by myself. That's going to help me immensely. That's a priority. I'm like, great. Add that to the list. There's no like negative feelings because somebody else might choose to live with somebody you know, and save some money. Great. That works for them next, you know, and that that's my posture was like figuring out priorities and, and where you need to go. Because I was like, well, my priorities, I'm staying in education. And then I had to like really narrow that down and say, am I saying I want to go in person and teach and be on my feet and then never be able to walk outside of teaching and also maybe not be able to walk again. No. So what am I willing to kind of give up to get there? But it's tough. It's it's easier said than done. That's for sure. It is, especially when, as you know, with chronic pain and I mean me with chronic illness, it fluctuates so much and you don't know what mm-hmm. you get each day or you don't know what it's going to look like in six months to a year's time. Yeah, you don't. But, and that's why I feel like, you know, giving yourself that permission to be like, you know, I can't plan out what's next. So the best thing I can do for myself is what I know to be true in my gut right now, which for you, you're like, I know I'm going to live by myself. Yep. It's a lot in rent. I'm like, great. But you're caring for yourself. That's your home. Like invest in yourself and your home. That that makes total sense. Um, and take, taking care of yourself in the meantime gets you to where you need to be, especially when you battle not knowing how you're going to feel at any given moment exactly Um, we might have to wrap it up there sorry we have managed to talk for half an hour believe it or not I know I'm not surprised that's why I was like let's dive in and then here we are like we could probably chat for three more hours but we'll let everybody go (laughs) so and yeah like I mean we chatted for almost 40 minutes beforehand and watch us chat for like 40 minutes after yeah Um, but I'm sorry we didn't get to quite touch on every single thing we talked about like we planned on talking about today um but thank you for joining me thank you so much for having me Michaela it was lovely 
Uh, before we go, could you just like plug your Instagram, your handle and what to expect from your Instagram as well as, I mean, you said that your book's coming out soon. You don't have to let us know the release date, but like maybe give us like a month thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So depending on when this is out, there's a chance that one of the versions will be out by that time. Um, so by versions, it'll be offered in ebook, um, paperback and then hardcover. And ideally, all of those by the end of this calendar year. Um, some earlier than others, but with production and shipping delays, I'm not quite going to promise anything, but it'll be out soon. And in terms of what you can expect on my Instagram, it's at Erica Joy Smith. Um, it's, I, I like to say I'm navigating the ups and downs of chronic pain, and that's what my Instagram is. It's a mix of like, education stuff, work things. And also I have chronic pain and I'm writing this book and uh, hey, let's talk about justice in the world and books and learning and life. And uh, it's not just one aspect of pain or disability. It's just kind of me in a nutshell. Um, and I'd love to love to connect with you. If you heard this and you start and you want to connect, send me a DM, reach out. I'd love to hear from you and hear a bit about your story. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We will let the audience go, as you said, and I will chat with you in a minute. But thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Life with Mecca. I really appreciate being able to connect with people this way. So thank you for tuning in and I hope that you'll tune in with the next episode.